are listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is a by American History podcast. Each week, I watch where man of eyebrows, breather through his face, Dave Anthony, reads a story from American history to his friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. And nemesis. We're ne- you're, I'm your nemesis? And friend. Yeah. And nemesis. This is to... We're, you're both. Let's be honest. You're both. So this is a by character. <laughs> <laughs> is this what the show's going to be like? I'm is this the level of comedy? Better, I'm hoping it goes in a better direction very quickly. Because right now... Not good. If Crater. I was listening to this... Turning it off. Turn it off. Why would you listen to this? <laughs> also, Menson, Menson and Menson. Menson. We We're going to Menson. That uh, we have a, uh, a podcast about the UK and England uh, on a different feed on... Uh, what is that under? It's under Dollop UK in England. Yeah. Uh, Dollop. Uh, the Dollop. England and the UK. Okay. So uh, if you look so that up, you'll feed. find that. And there's uh, a few episodes of there's that up. three now. Doing uh, we'll a number ten. more. We'll do ten this yeah. this season, and yeah. then we'll do another season yeah. after that. Anything else? Uh, let's do it. My nemesis. 1849. Okay. Here of our Lord Jesus Christ. Feels... The common hell belief was that bad odors and bad morals caused disease. Okay. Okay. Sure. Dr. John Snow published an essay titled On the Mode of Communication of Cholera. In it, he suggested that the way cholera was passed was through the fecal-oral route. Meaning that... What do you think it means? uh, Well, I'm hoping it doesn't mean... Pathogens? This is how cholera is passed. Pathogens in fecal particles are passed from one person to the mouth of another person by tiny invisible parasites. Well, I mean... Those are the best kind of parasites. Stop looking at me, first of all. And second of all, I'm done. So let's hold hands while we talk about fecal stuff. No, no. Um... Yeah, so uh, so we know today that that is correct, but right. at the time, everyone's like, "Cool, poo kisses, get out of here, <laughs> wacko." <laughs> uh, he did further research, and during the 1854 Broad Street cholera outbreak in London, he came to believe one particular Broad Street water well pump was spreading cholera. Okay, and that was in the water. So he thinks that it's the water. But he didn't find anything in water samples with his microscope. Still, his findings led the local council to disable the water pump. Okay. I mean, they handle the water crisis better than we do. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, people in charge of Flint. Well, uh, Uh, we've got to stop the pump. mm, Today, they'd be like, that's cool. No, it's fine. Let's drink it. Um, so that was, it has been credited with ending the outbreak, but Snow said, eh, that's not, it was kind of waning, but whatever. So he actually undermined his own. Okay. Um, but later researchers would later determine the well in question had been dug just three feet from an old cesspit. Okay. That's a bad move. Yeah. So that's not great. Well, I mean, it's your, I mean, you're, you know, you don't want to be neighbors with what's called a cesspit. Well, it's a, um, you don't want your water near a poop place. No. That's a. Technical jargon. That low. There's a lot of connection points that formed. We don't know. Yeah, the cesspit was also a messed up cesspit. Anyway, whatever. Okay. Uh, But it was an old one that had been sealed over, and no one, no one knew it was there. Basically, but they also didn't. They also didn't check. You know, it's a whole. Well, it's really nice to know that they're doing that to cesspits. Uh, So, uh, so. 
That that they found out. You know, they I'm find in a band out. called Cesspool. I did know you? that. Okay, that's why. Yeah. That's why I'm doing We're, this episode. Can I plug that real quick? <laughs> yeah, We're go at the Roxy ahead. On the twenty third. Who kisses is opening up. They're great. They're great. Um, so. So, but that was later when they determined that. Um, now, someone someone had previously thrown a, a baby's diaper into the cesspit. Then the baby had cholera, uh, and then that's how it ended up spreading. So the cholera was getting Jesus. just from that. That, right. that was enough. One nappy. So even though Snow was right, nothing more was really done. That was they uh, after the threat had moved on. The cholera ep- epidemic went down, went away. They rejected his theory. They're so like, it's that's just not how our brains are as humans to really move on the second we feel like it's gone for a summer. It's pretty great. Right. Well, there was also a lot of construction around. Like people built had their cesspits underneath their house, and then uh, and then they would try to get it um, emptied before it started overflowing. And they would just a, a guy would come by and empty and just throw it in the Thames. So. Uh, uh, so it's a bad setup, but then that means that everybody has a house. Like now, you have to do more. Constru- you have to do more work right. to right. right. So yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um. So uh. So this is uh this theory that he's come up with. He's on to what is known as the germ theory. Okay. Uh. Many others since ancient times have had this same argument, but it's still not caught on. Uh, in the 1600s, microscopic organisms had been discovered, but still no one had proven that's what was causing illness. Okay, right. Because you can't see it. Yeah. I, that's look, the thing. Look, uh, there's a lot you can fault these people for back then. They thought a lot of... But I get that. I get yeah, you it. Can't you can't it. see it being like, yes, but I don't believe it. <laughs> you know? And someone's like, there's a bunch of little bugs you don't see, and they're all over you. I'd be like, oh, of course they're... Ooh. <laughs> So everyone was going with the idea that cholera was from, as they had thought for a long time, bad smells or miasmas, uh, poisonous gases that rose up from sewers, swamps, garbage pits, open graves, and other horrible smelling places. Fuck, Jesus. That's quite a list you just threw out there. Um, and also bad morals. They believed that bad morals called, caused cholera. These diseases in general. Diseases in general were caused by bad morals. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So why don't you stop the masturbating or whatever you're doing? Uh, first of all, what, do not look back down at your iPad like you're about to move on when you just toss an accusation like that in the middle of this podcast. You don't masturbate. to walk away. I'm not. This is, what are you doing right now? You are putting a crazy... Do I... Have I? Of course I have. I mean, I have. You have to. It's a right of passage. Do, do well, I? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can I be don't. known to. It depends. Yeah. Many would Once argue... a week I go to Sizzler. Oh, go ahead. We're moving on. Many would argue against Snow's theory. He gave lectures and published more research, but nah, they're not buying it. And when he died from a stroke in, in 1858, it was still not believed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the 1860s, French chemist Louis Pasteur mm-hmm. right. demonstrated that microscopic organisms can cause illnesses. Okay. And in 1884, German microbiologist Robert Koch... I just say Coke. It's got to be Koch, right? Because the Koch brothers. Because the Koch brothers, I say Coke. But that's not, I bet that's not how they spell it. Whatever. I bet it is. Um, he rediscovered, isolated, and cultured the cholera bacillus. Vibrio cholerae. Uh, it had previously been discovered by an Italian guy in 1854, but then no one read his stuff because it was an Italian. And right. So all this important. All this brings us around to 1900. So professionals working in the field of health were coming around to this germ theory thing. Okay. Which is right. a whole new way of looking at everything, sure, right? Sure. 
It's an invisible thing, but they can also now see some stuff in their microscopes. So they it's can. okay. So someone's like, there might be tiny bugs. Though the common man was still going with moral failings or just bad smells. Of course, the common guy's like, this is how it's always been. It, you, yes. this, I, it smells bad, so because I got the six. There were four six. scientists at the time against the four thousand who were like, uh, we don't think so. No, 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 yeah, no, no. I smelled it, and now I've got the die dies. It's caused from cursing. In 1903, the uh, this Sunday Post uh, story discussed, discussed water safety. Wow, that was a bad read. Um, which it called, quote, one of the most important matters that modern science has to deal with. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, again, the year is around... Uh... 1903. Right, okay. So they're getting around to water being important. Sure. That it should be clean. Sure, sure. And then sure. we end that uh, sure. a little, uh, about 80 well, years. They, but this is before they had Brittas. Yeah. Oh, I love a Brita. Public health officials were starting to believe science could eliminate all of these very common threats to the public. Uh-huh. So everyone's kind of coming around, right? Sure. Things, uh, things we couldn't see with the naked eye might be making us sick. Harvey W. Wiley was born in 1844 in Kent, Indiana. His father was a farmer. Uh, he went and graduated, uh, went to and graduated from Hanover College and then got a job teaching. He's a smarty smarts. He's a, okay. he's a smart guy. In his spare time, he studied with a doctor. And four years later, he went to Indiana Medical School, got a medical degree. Took him two terms, as it should. Sure. You should be able to get out in, like, eight weeks or whatever. Yeah. That's how long it took? Uh, well, two terms is probably three months. I would right. imagine it's the same. So okay. six months. Great. Bang out a medical degree in six months. That's yeah, yeah. fine. That's what fine. it should be. Yes. Uh, as long as you know where the bones are. Even then. I don't think you need to know all of them. No, I agree. If he, you know, like, uh, how a leg is formed. Yeah. That's how, that's how an arm is, basically. It's that's right. Up. And then if a leg snaps off, another one grows. Like, all that stuff is just medical. Yeah. Uh, so he keeps teaching at the medical school and another university. And then he went to Lawrence Scientific School at Harvard, where he got a BS in science. In 1874, he was hired as a chemistry professor at Purdue University. Okay. Uh, he was made the state chemist of Indiana. That's big. That is big. Yeah. The state chemist. Yes. You get a hat, I'm sure. Yeah. I bet you, you got to get a hat. Parades. Yeah, parades for sure. Oh, my God, the chemist. Here's the chemist. Look at the chemist float. Whoop! these beakers sure are everywhere. <laughs> Don't worry, they're taped down. Uh, his job there was to basically find food fakes. Food fakes, what does that mean? People who are faking different items, like, we'll get to it, but okay. people, you, 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 people have been faking food for a long time. Okay, there's just a few things. It's like, it's like you know how right now, like, 90% of olive oil is not actually olive oil? Right. Okay, same, so, same so, deal. Okay, like, so synthetic. Yeah, or someone's trying to pass something off as something else kind okay. of deal. Yeah. Okay. So he traveled to Germany uh, to attend some lectures. There he was elected to the prestigious German Chemical Society. So he's getting a name, right? Uh-huh. He's, he's building up a, a resume. In Germany, Harvey spent much time working in the Imperial Food Laboratory in Bismarck, which is... Gorgeous. I mean, it Quite is so imperial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talk about it a lot on oh, this podcast. Oh, most of what we talk about is yeah. the Imperial... I, have, I just really want to travel and see it someday. Yeah. No, it's for sure. When you're in Germany, there's a few sites to check out, but that's, that's right. right up there. That's it. That's yeah, the number one. The imperial food place. Uh, there he learned to use the polariscope and studied the chemistry of sugar. Okay. So he's fucking having fun. Sure. Right? He's yeah. just getting every day going and getting deep into sugar. Is he? You want a bump? <laughs> Harvey was also a strong believer. Hey, hey. hey. It's sugar, it's dude. It's just sugar. It's, it's sugar. It. It. Okay, here. It good. Can you stop? Here. Will you stop? You jump. I don't. Oh, my God, dude. Now I want water. It's really... Oh, uh, dude, you know it's better than water? Do a sugar. Do a sh- sugar chaser. Try a trip. 
Oh my god, dude. No, number one, I want to know how the, oh, fuck, such a so weird California guy got right into now. the Imperial Laboratory in Bismarck. Dude, my god, dude. How are you? How do you work here? Look, our secret, man. If you want to do another bump, handful, I'm gonna eat another one. Oh man. Ah. Oh. Ah. What is your job? Dude, we gotta go f- score some chicks. <laughs> okay. Come on, let's no. hit the bar. No, there's no Man, bar. Man, I am raged up right now, dude. Okay, oh, you just had some sugar. Hey, mm. let's start a band. No, we're not starting a band. Yeah. I'm not, we're not, I'm not, we're not. Okay, so you're making me hate sugar. That's like where I'm at right now. I'm crashing real hard right now, <laughs> man. It's been like three minutes. I gotta call my dad. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Switch me shirts. Yeah, here's go, just go call your dad. There's no phones, by the way. Oh no! Okay. Oh, this predicament just got further predicamented. <laughs> Harvey was also a strong believer in scientific experimentation. Uh, his autobiography quote: "I arrive at my conclusions by experimentation." Meaning he's... When experimentation can be used at all, I believe in, quote, trying it on the dog. Oh, damn it. What? damn it. I I mean, you know, I'm hoping to hear, like... New shirts, new dollop shirts. Try it on the dog. No, 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 no. (laughs) Try it on the dog. Try it on the... That poor dog. Mm. And it's only the one... Is it really just Just one one dog dog in all of Germany? (laughs) Uh, Just one poor dog who's like, uh uh-uh, no. Whenever he feeds me. Uh, so when he came back to Indiana, the state health board asked him to analyze honey and maple syrup. I killed eight dogs. <laughs> yeah, look, we just want you to analyze honey and uh, maples. Home. Okay, honey. Well, you, yeah, honey uh, and maple I shouldn't syrup. be around sugar. Okay. I, uh, okay. To be honest, I just kind of came off a pretty dark ride. <laughs> if you catch my drift, with I some sugars. Okay. I was doing. It's just sugar. I was probably up to about. 12 cubes a day Okay At my worst and Yeah I, Let's just Why don't you just start the job And not talk So honey yeah. or any sweetener For me is a slippery slope Okay But uh I'll get into the gold sugar Okay Play that game a little bit mm-hmm. What's the dog situation here <laughs> We have How, 42 Okay great Now yeah. are you married to that number Or can we take that way down Take it down Okay great We're gonna take that way down Yeah Yeah uh, So they asked him to analyze Honey and maple syrup For sale To see if there were any fakes <laughs> Fake foods, as I said, have been going on since ancient times, but with chemistry, it was getting more advanced. So, right, as chemistry picks up, uh-huh. as all the stuff, you know. Right. People are, okay. Canned, uh, pe- canned peas looked fresh after treatment with CUSO, a copper uh-huh. uh, sulfate, uh, which is called copper greening. So, you want to get your, this... you want to wash your peas with some copper? That's always good. Uh-huh. Um, the pork and beans had formaldehyde. Catsup had benzic acid. This stuff. By the way, hmm? oh, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's just like now it's like, yeah, oh, no, yeah, I it's know. got bisoteca like a gum. No, I know. Uh, one supposed honey manufacturer just flavored glucose, glucose and put a dead bee in each bottle for authenticity. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Now, we may want to, our instinct may be to laugh at this fellow. Yeah. But you pull this off. No. You're making this guy's fucking a great. Lot. Yeah, this guy. No, people are looking at that like, holy shit, this guy's. Well, this is obviously honey. There's a bee in it. <laughs> Dead, but I mean, look, what is it? It's tequila. If there's a worm in it, it's honey. If there's a bee in it. <laughs> um, there are now now there were artificial flavors, coloring, and preservatives, and detection of all the stuff is getting more advanced too. Mm-hmm. So Harvey discovered about ninety percent of the syrups in Indiana were fake. Wow. 
and honey. Uh, it went on and on. Everything's just fake. Except he found for this one. It's got a bee in it. I don't even think we need to check this. Yeah, this one's fine. <laughs> this one's got a wasp. That's ah, fine. It's good. It's close. This is a note that says, I owe you a bee. <laughs> That's fine, too. These are yeah, all fine over here. We don't good. need to check these. He found whole grain flour was cut with bran and cornmeal. Oh, man. Wait a minute. So they're like, it's like bad Coke deal? <laughs> I would think, you know, I would cut my flour with bran. It's good for you. Brand, brand, brand cleans you out. Is this cut with bran? Yeah. No shit. Good, good you for your, have told me that. Good for your arteries. Oh, good. Right, good for your arteries. And also, you're gonna hit the can. I'm hitting the can real soon. Um, but it's not like this is a secret. Uh, a New York sugar firm advertised uh, in the 1880s that its sugar had quote neither glucose. Murate of tin, muratic acid, nor any other foreign deleterious or fraudulent substance whatsoever. Okay. So people know it. But here's something that... So this is the version of non-GMO or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is... This is... But it reminds me of when Subway, like five or six years ago, came out with a commercial where they were basically... Everyone was like, wait, you have like... You've been putting yoga mats in your bread? Yeah. Like the substance you use to make yoga mats. Yeah. And they were like, we are proud to no longer be serving you yoga mats. And you're like, sorry, do not be proud of anything. You have been serving us fucking yoga mats? But at the same time, you can still go in and order uh, extra meat and then take that, use it as yoga mat, and then eat it. You can still do that. And is, that is the only thing that it's good for is eating yoga. Yeah. Yeah, where you want to eat your mat. Well, if you want to lick your mat while you do lo- yoga, I, I say go to There's Subway a first. A bacon mat. Hey! I mean, really, Subway went wrong when they had the spokesman who was uh, having sex with young people. Well, I think that's a fair fair, fair point. You're not going to get a lot of pushback over here. <laughs> so uh, so his his reports on all the stuff, they make it way, their way in, in a popular science magazine, and he starts to become like a public crusader okay. for... for Health and goodness, sure. right? So in the late 1800s, industrialization is in full swing. Okay. People start moving to cities. This meant the American food system has to change, right? right. Because before oh, yeah. that, you just go out, you pick some tomatoes, right. you kill a pig, right. and then you're good to go. Right. But now you're living in a tenement, yeah. and you got to have food. People aren't growing their own corn, and they're not, uh, they don't have their own milk on their own cows after a shift in a factory. It's all different. So food has to now travel further. Uh-huh. And as we've learned, we've <laughs> we're, we've learned to really make it go a lot far. Of techniques. We did not have there were no refrigerators, so spoiling is an issue, right? Uh-huh. So scientists came up with preservatives. They could keep food good for days or even weeks. Huh. So by the 1880s and 90s, people found themselves eating a lot of preservatives. Okay. Yeah. Some of those were formaldehyde, borax, and salicylic acid. Those are all good. They're good for you. Mm -hmm. All of them. Without question. Uh, But the germ method and a new way of looking at things, right? The Uh the germ theory. Some wondered what they were eating and what the stuff did, right? You can't see it. You know what's in there. It's the same thing. Like if things you can't see are giving you infections, are they also... Harvey was one of those people. There were more food products being made in factories with untested chemicals as preservatives and were not put on the label. Okay. So that's good. That's great. Right where we need to be. Uh, And then around this time, Harvey was passed over for Purdue president when he was kind of up for it. Like he was the big, big man on campus. I think literally. He was a big man. Well, I think 
Maybe not literally. Okay, so that's, figuratively. Um, sure, that's the the other one. Yeah, I yeah. Right. Okay, so he's the big man on campus. Yeah, I don't know. No literal way. No, that's right. right. Not literal at all. Okay, great. I just said that to see how uh, it's a test. A test to see if I would. Pick up on it? I don't it. think that's true at all. I think you're trying to play it off. According to the book Bourbon Empire by Reed Mittenbuehler, the trustees were happy with Harvey's job performance, but said he was, quote, too young and jovial. That's a problem, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What the fuck? You're yeah. happy? You're having fun? Yeah, it's a problem. Your young guy's having a good time? Come on. Fucking asshole. Come on. Nobody likes that. Look dour. Please. And he hung out with students from the school's athletic programs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's fun. He's a fun young guy. He's hanging out with uh, guys who are f- young and fun. Mm-hmm. It's young fun times. However you want to hashtag. And he wasn't married. Okay. On top of all this, he rode a fucking bicycle. Okay. So this really bothered these people. <laughs> Faculty member, quote, Imagine my feelings and those of other members of the board on seeing one of our professors dressed up like a monkey and astride a cartwheel riding along our streets. Yes, imagine seeing someone so elated. <laughs> I wanted to stab him. What a shithead. The youth make me sick on their two-wheeled machines. Uh, look at him. Looking like monkeys. Look at him. Oh, I'm going to ride around on a bicycle instead of using my feet. Uh, you savage. We will eat him. Get your bottom off the seat. Oh. But no worries. Harvey had fans. Sure. Uh, he was appointed chemist of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Okay. Chemical division. The USDA. Boom. Big time. So yeah. now, he's, well, now he's in with the feds. He, he was originally brought on and given money to find an alternative to sugar cane. Okay. Uh, but pretty soon after getting there, he was given a new priority, investigating what was going into food. Okay. Interesting. Now, uh, people have been trying to fight for food reform, uh, and they've been fighting for this for a long time. Since 1879, the first federal bill had been proposed. And since then, 190 had been introduced in Congress. Okay. But they weren't all that great. One bill actually proposed a numer- numerical count of the contents of every package. What is... Th- so you have to, like... Say the correct amount of grains of salt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? It wasn't a great bill. It salt wasn't counting? It wasn't well thought out. Salt counting is like a, like what you would like give a monk the task to do to like enter a Zen state. Yeah, and a hundred years later he comes down, yeah. he's like, I've done it, it's fort <laughs> I forgot. Oh, I forgot. Uh like uh, cherries in a jar, etc. Sure. Like, you know, you but want but, to the, get but the cherries of the jar job. That's salt counting. Yeah, the salt counters are oh, fucked. Oh, thirty-four in mine. How about you? Nine million. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, forty-nine food bills during this time made it through in some form. States also did what they could. By eighteen ninety-five, half the states had passed food laws. Okay. But that just meant regulations are all over the place. Right. Like some stuff you can't even bring across a border. Like it's just a fucking shit show. Right. So you need a federal law. Yes. But then Congress passed an act that allowed, quote, the Secretary of Agriculture to investigate the character of food preservatives, coloring matters, and other substances added to foods to determine their relation to digestion and health and to establish the principles which should guide their use. Okay. Harvey then began experiments. Okay. He's an experimental man. Sure. We talked about this. The Washington Post, November 21st, 1902. Quote, the United States government on the next morning will open, for the first time in history, a scientific boarding house under the direction of Professor Wiley. Twelve young clerks, 
vigorous and voracious, yeah. have volunteered to become boarders free of charge in the interest of science. Okay. They will eat food treated with various chemicals to prove whether or not borax or formaldehyde are in, in, injurious. Jesus. Injurious. So, so they're, I think that would work. Yeah. They, so they're, they are going to guinea pig themselves with this that, stuff. That's correct. I like that no dogs are getting hurt. Half the, four, half the borders will be fed with pure foods, foods, untreated meats, and vegetables, while the other half will partake in the same fare submitted to chemical treatment. So half are just going to be like, this is delicious stuff. No, because then they're going to switch them. Oh, okay. Uh, Harvey called it the hygienic table trials. Okay. But the Washington Post reporter, a young man named George Rothwell Brown, wrote, the story on Harvey and called it the Poison Squad. Wow. Okay. Now that is that uh, is much better. Good. Someone so, knows how to use a name. Right. So uh, that turns out that one caught on. Oh yeah. <laughs> Poison Squad. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the one group would eat the poison and then they'd be switched every two weeks. <laughs> you got on board. Back and forth. Back and forth. Okay. Uh, They'd get the borax, quote, in the form of borasic acid, I don't know, and to the other six, borate of soda. But basically, one, every one of the volunteers are going to be eating tainted food at some time or another, and at each meal, um, the amounts of borax would increase so Harvey could this observe like the effects. a Fox game show. What? <laughs> With, so I they mean, are going to de- I hope no one at Fox hears this because they will do this as a Fox if game show. If they can wear masks, we'll do it. <laughs> uh, so they are. Uh, so they're kind of just assuming that there is going to be a very initial. You're going to know. You're going to have readings or calculations on what this does pretty quickly. I, I guess they assume it, but they, you know they're also starting small and they're going to build up and build up. So build up, build up two weeks and then you switch. But then the the idea is to build it up over a long time like what happened in people if you were eating this stuff so sure. like years okay but that okay it's fine it's quite a long ride yeah um and then he would observe he would observe the effects right okay so once the participants started to show symptoms they would stop eating and move on to the next poison once the participants started to show symptoms of Whatever symptoms of the poisoning that would happen would with borax or whatever, then they would move to the, to the next, next formaldehyde or okay, whatever. Okay, sure. Yeah. So, so it's a good... you're full of borax and you're like, I can't eat any more of that, though. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Have some of this formaldehyde. Uh, this is a different kind of poison. Go ahead and pour that into your eyes. There you go. Right there. Uh, so every one of the volunteers were going to be eat, eating tainted food at some time or another. That seems very crazy. At each meal, the borax would increase. He would observe the effects. Could, Once, can you just please, even if it's not real, just tell me that a guy came around with like a pepper grinder of borax <laughs> and would just be like, say when." That's real. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, one of the participants would start to show symptoms, and then they would stop eating and move on to the next poison. Ten borax. Uh, Ten borax was chosen first by Harvey. I guess it's a kind of borax, okay. right? Um, because it was the safest and most widely used, supposedly. Sure. This also meant it was, quote, the most important of the commonly used preservatives. So he's starting with the most common one, and right. that'll work away. From Crack work. the big one. Mm-hmm. Now, this was all male volunteers, because Harvey Wiley was a horrific misogynist. Okay. Even by 1900 standards. But would th- is this not an example of someone's misogyny actually... 
kind of. Well, in this case, it helps women. Yeah. Sure, it's ter- and his heart is in the wrong place. He's not obviously looking for this. He's not doing it because. But I'm just saying, you. What? I don't think you're going to be like. No, oh, I wanted to die from borax. <laughs> Harvey wouldn't allow women to be a part of it. He believed women were quote savages. What? <laughs> I mean, that's. What? I mean, think about I the mean, temperament of. I, I mean, he's an can, incel. Yeah, I mean, I mean that is. You're never going to have about, sex. Yeah, but that's also like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at this time, you cannot I mean, make that argument. Savages. Savages. Hello, savage. What? I'm doing I'm nothing. Just, I'm just walking by. I'm pissed that I don't have rights. Savage. Oh, what an attitude. He said they didn't have, quote, the brain capacity of men. You see. That's fairly common at that time. Sure. But the savage thing is not. No. Savage is a little, rough, yeah, a little over, over the He's top. He's going big. Now, while eating food that had borax in it each day, the volunteer... Could not eat or drink any food that the scientists had not prepared for them. Okay. So no side meals. So if they got hungry, they had to wait until the food was served. They were not even allowed to drink water. Well, one of the problems is borax gives you a hell of an appetite. I mean, you are tell really me about it. For more. Yeah. Uh, so the water could, thing is crazy to me. Have any water. They couldn't have any water. According to the Post quote, they cannot even drink a friendly glass of beer. Well... I mean, I know, I love it that's, 1903. <laughs> that comes after water. Yeah, water, yeah. No water, but also no beer. But the weird thing is they're not allowed to have any whiskey. I mean, it doesn't make any it's sense. It's not adding up. Why let them live? That's I just, how you figure out. Each of the 12 young men were also stripped, weighed, and inspected before every meal. But why are they treating it like a combine? That happens at my house. What? It's a diet of mine. <laughs> We strip you down and it's we weigh ca- you. It's called the Dr. Phil diet. Yeah, it's called Humiliate. And uh, what we're doing over here is we are going to make, we're going to guilt you into shitting those pounds. <laughs> also, they all, quote, carried a satchel wherever they went with containers for urine and feces to be delivered daily to the chemist. Are they pledging a frat, potentially? <laughs> is that what's happening here? And they don't know it. Because the second that you're telling me you are uh, having a purse toilet with you, that's a problem for me. I just... So you're just cruising around. You just have on you a with your toilet own, with your waist? Cra- you're, you've got a little bit of your feces, a little Hello, bit of your friend. urine. And it's just in case they need it at any time. Do you guys need any of my piss? <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Do you guys need any of my no, piss? No, no. We're just... We're, we're on break. My, uh, doo-doo? No, we're on break. We're on break. Okay. Because I've, by the way, to be fair, I'm looking to empty mine soon. I am a... Just put it in that box that you have. Well, the box is full, too. I'm really going through these a lot. I don't know what's my... Well, I don't know what my deal is. Because I'm eating the same as everyone else. Can't handle your borax? Well, the borax... A lot of this is really... uh, It's a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what I'm carrying around in here is really... It's tough. Mm Mm-hmm. But, um, I'm trying to talk to my friend here about Sorry, it. I just want to make sure you guys... I thought I heard one of you guys say, we need piss. No. Where's that guy's piss? Well, no, we didn't say that. Okay, we... I have a bunch. Were you guys just nope. looking at each other to say that no, you... No, we were not. We were talking can about... I make a pro- can you make me a promise? Uh-huh. If you guys are looking to buy anyone's matter we're not. today... Okay. Whether well, we don't buy it anyway. Chunks, just... We don't buy it. We just take it from you. I'm looking to move it. I mean, I've moved it, but I'm looking to move it again. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's going to want that. Okay. All right. Well, if you, but keep your uh, ear to the ground for me. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. When you say wow, are you saying... No. So? Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Uh, so, although... I did read another source that said it was weekly, but the post said daily. Whatever. Whatever. Once they agreed this was a 
a one-year contract. So they're locked in for a year once they say... (laughs) You have this? This is life we're talking about. In the 1900s, you don't have a lot of these. I know, it's not great. A year of your life to this. All right, honey. Well, I probably am going to die this year from eating chemicals. But uh, I want you and the boy to feel better. And they agreed not to sue the government for damages in case something bad happened, like well, dying. Guess what's going <laughs> to fucking happen? The names of the volunteers were not made public. Harvey did tell the Post that they were all clerks waiting for small salaries and that the free housing during the experiment was a very big deal to them. This is penny-wise, dollar-foolish. You were talking about the, getting free room and board, but you're eating borax. And meals. You're getting free meals also. Poison ones. Well, it's food. Okay. They all had passed the civil service exam, which meant they were morally upstanding young men. Yeah, let's get them out of here. Harvey also said they exhibited qualities like sobriety and reliability. Sure. They would only be described by their initials in the final report. Okay. Now, Post reporter... Have I said his name yet? Brown? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Brown uh, would become... Known for writing about the Poison Squad. He would also eventually reveal the name uh, of some of the first rounds of volunteers. So now, when, when you said Poison Squad earlier, to me, I thought, like, sensationalist, like sensationalism from a reporter. They're really eating poison. But this is. <laughs> They're literally eating they poison. They are the Poison Squad. <laughs> uh, he didn't say, Brown didn't say much about them, uh, the the volunteers, though. One was B.J. Teasdale, quote, once Yale's famous 100-yard dash sprinter. Not anymore. C. Orton was, quote, formerly a captain in the local high school cadet regiment. Uh, that, those days are done. And Eugene R. McCarthy was from Pennsylvania and, quote, the only one of the Emerald Isles sons among the 12 subjects. Yeah. That's about the extent that we ever knew about these men. Okay. Uh, Brown did not seem concerned about, he, he was a little bit concerned about them feeding poison to the 12 dudes. And Harvey didn't seem to be worried about it either. The The newspaper reports were kind of full of levity and not really... So he, he, he dubs them the poison squad, but then doesn't really have the... Yeah, it's not like you... The reporting it's, of... Uh, like, it's not like a 60 Minutes report that's like, why are you feeding these people yeah. poison? It's no, like, no, what's like, going on with them? Like are a they... sideline reporter more yeah. than anything. He's like, the guys are really totally. eating a bunch of it down here, Dave. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, they are not looking good. That... <laughs> uh, the doctors say at the half they're planning on switching it from borax to formaldehyde, which they will think cause uh, some major problems with their waist purses. Oh, JC has blood coming out of his nose. Uh, this is a turn. That that is, was... Look at that run. Wow. That is tremendous. All right. Uh, Brown continued to report through the entire experiment, and if any, uh, and a lot of it he seemed amused at. In one story, Brown wrote that one volunteer, quote, in the spirit of mischief, dropped into the lean borders coffee, which is just the way he described a guy, right? Okay. Uh, about 10 grams of quinine. I don't know what quinine is, but no. Qu- what is quinine for? Um, I don't know what it's for, but it, number one, it makes you sick, you get diarrhea, stomach pains, but the list of, you get flu-like symptoms, like it's what? a fucking, yeah, it's a shit show, but I, it's to get rid of something, but I don't remember what. <laughs> Friends. Maybe, yeah. Uh, it might have been a cure for VD at some point. It might be one of those kind of... Uh, my VD's gone. Um, so he puts, so he dropped it into the Lean Borders coffee about 10 
grains of quinine, which took effect as the unsuspecting victim was on a theater date. Oh, this is what it's like. He got dumb and dumbered. The thin border who later told the story himself said he went home prepared to die in the interest of science. He, so he, he thought that because he was doing he the was, borax well, experiment... No need to call a doctor. He thought he was going to... He, he thought that the borax experiment was killing him. These 12 guys. <laughs> the poison gang. The borax 12. I like that they're fucking with each other. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, well, it really says... It tells you about, like, when you, you know, set the condition uh. of something what it will drive people to do because now your pranks are become I mean your pranks in the real world are not going to work but no. now you're going to poison this guy okay quinine treats uh, malaria oh uh, okay sure which is fairly yes <laughs> brutal yes uh, that's why I don't know because I mean I'm I haven't had it yet, but I'm going to get it. Uh, hey, by the way, get ready. Malaria is making a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> Calling it. Uh, uh, so, like I said, they're not paid. Besides the three meals a day in room and board, they didn't get anything. Uh, a lot of the time, they couldn't even enjoy the meal because they threw up. <laughs> God, that, well, you had no idea what to do. Well, I don't. Just, I mean, I, you signed I, a year deal. <laughs> I'm going to eat poison for a year. Uh, I mean, I'm sure some of it think they're but probably doing it, too. Point- because, because think, you, you know... You're talking about a public good, right? You For sure. I would assume yes, that's why yes. they but did here's, it. But here's, I mean, to me, it honestly sounds like you are just trying to kill 12 people. <laughs> because what you're doing is you're not, if you, people are too messed up to ingest what you're giving them, you're not going to be testing results anymore if people are throwing up what you give them. Well. These people, you're just like, well, I mean, shit, I guess we wait this year out. That's why it's two weeks on, two weeks off. Oh, God, those two weeks. At the end of the two weeks off. Oh, such a bummer. <laughs> uh, 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 I get two weeks off. And then when the you two weeks is ending, good. when the two weeks is ending, you're like, oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. Well, I hope you liked regular bacon. <laughs> Here's poisoned bacon for two weeks. Oh. Uh, some saw the experiments as a... Some people in the world saw the experiments as a violation of personal liberty. The no, New York no, no, Sun no. called Harvey, quote, chief janitor and policeman of people's insides. What? Come on. If you're, try- you're going to try to take a guy down, let's really it's, hit the nail I, on the head. I like chief janitor chief of people's, janitor. <laughs> people's insides. What does that mean? I don't know. Policeman of people's insides is pretty good. But- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is the title they gave him? Chief janitor and policeman of the people's insides. <laughs> A janitor, pal? <laughs> At Christmas, Brown reported that the men would not be going anywhere for a no, Christmas no, dinner. No, 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 no. You're having turkey here. Poison turkey. Quote, this added to the atmosphere of gloom, and an afternoon ping-pong game was postponed. What, did you, what did you get inside your box? <laughs> Ham and powder? And a cop. All right. He listed the Christmas menu. <laughs> Applesauce, borax, soup, what? borax, what? turkey, borax, Dave. borax. <laughs> I think he's taking a little liberty here. Still. Canned string beans, sweet potatoes, white potatoes, turnips, borax, chip beef, creamy gravy, cranberry sauce, celery, celery pickles, rice pudding, milk bread and butter, tea, coffee, and a little borax. Oh. The only person Brown really gave a lot of print to as a person was the chef, Perry. Okay. Perry had a difficult job because the volunteers weren't supposed to know who was getting the food with the borax in it and who wasn't. And borax has a really bad metallic taste. 
So this chef is now being asked to cover up poison in his food. And so he Brown can't name the other guy, so he just has a lot of fun talking right. about Perry. Right. Harvey invited Brown in to observe, but now realized that was a mistake. Actually, I think going back and reading that, that's wrong. I think that he originally didn't want people to know, but Brown got he Brown was, got info. Okay. Uh, so he... Harvey and his colleagues tried to end the levity of Brown's articles. So they're very upset that his articles are having a good time right. with the whole thing. Right. And they closed all official avenues of communication to the press. Harvey issued a gag order for all Poison Squad members. The idea that you are putting men who you are filling with poisonous fluids mm-hmm. who can't keep them down, a gag order? This is a Thursday night for me. This is a Thursday night for you. Filling up with poisons. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, the whole thing's a gag order. I mean, yeah. So the reason, I mean, I look, what he's doing is not great. Well, what he's doing <laughs> is totally insane. I get the push. I mean, at least why. at least they asked people because yes, you look sure, at the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. and that's, Sure, but you definitely are like, I mean, I definitely going to be like, hey. How about this? I know. Let's give him a week. <laughs> a year. Um, so if they broke the gag order, they would be fired. Now, that Dude, means these guys want to stay. They, I would, the first that, thing I'm going to do is go out the window and be like, it's Borox. They're giving us a Borox on meat. We do two weeks on, two weeks off. There's 12 of us. We're all going by initials. Fire me. So... I, I believe six left in the first year when they were replaced, but six hung in there. Like, these guys didn't six. want... So Brown reported that the reasoning behind this was that if the public was seeing this as something, you know, levity or as, like, a spectator sport, it would not be seen as a se- serious experiment. It was. Sure. That'll do it. Uh, then the results would not have the importance they needed. Right. Harvey wanted to restrict the flow of information for science, but it was really too late. The idea of a poison squad made the general public thrilled. Ugh. Poems written? Of course poems written. <laughs> of course. Dances made. Poems, poems were written. Uh, like the song of the poison squad. Well, it's the song of uh, the poison squad. They popped up in magazines all around the country. My favorite songs are in magazines. Ads appeared on streetcars hey, like, quote. What do you throw up at you? <laughs> A diller, a dollar, a chemical scholar. What makes you grow so thin? Because the civil service cook has put the borax in. Who, 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 who I think, is I think this that's a, I think that's a company that's putting borax in food and is trying to convince people that it's... Well, that's crazy. But that's what he's talking about with the levity of the... Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Um, so that's pretty much what he was worried about. Um, Supreme Court justices were overheard joking about the poison squad in public. Songs are written and performed, such as They'll Never Look the Same, which what? was performed in a minstrel show. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Is that what? Never you, just look said, the same. you just said the worst sentence I think we've heard on this show, and I'm maybe not kidding. <laughs> what? Oh. God damn. But even with the media gag order in place, Brown was still getting his stories. Ugh. But now, because of he wasn't, I guess he wasn't getting the official line anymore. He started writing increasingly outrageous articles. Oh no! This ugh. he even wrote one that was a complete lie. 
Okay. Quote, the borax, acid, and whatnot mixed in the food have worked a change in the complexion of the 14 government clerks. So there's now two there's have been two added. Extra. Two have been added. Quite inexplicable, inexplicable to the scientific mind. Each of the young men undergoing the heroic, heroic course of treatment has blossomed out with a bright pink complexion that would make a society belle sick with envy. The boarders no longer object to eating any quantity of these scientific mixtures. There is something in it for them now, and they are, in consequence, <laughs> the most clamorous beef eaters in all of Washington. In the words of one boarder, there was one fellow at the observation table who had a complexion when he first came to the bureau like one of the 57 varieties. Now his own girl wouldn't know him. He's got a skin like the inside of a strawberry. We call him... <laughs> We, he's bloodied? We call him Miss. Miss? But I can't tell you his name. Anyhow, he, do, anyhow, he doesn't like to be called Miss. Okay. <laughs> cool. Wowie. So this guy has nothing to report, so he just decides to say that eating poison makes your skin really womanly. That's right. Okay. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, the experiment had started... <laughs> The experiment had started in 1902, but by July 1903, the volunteers were on to what had uh, borax in it and what did not. Okay. So they started avoiding eating what they thought had borax in it. Well, so, okay. So th- clearly these guys are like, <laughs> this purpose is no longer worth it. Mostly because it tasted horrible. So Harvey started have, and also it made them, you know. So Harvey yeah. started having the men take borax capsules with okay. their meals. Ugh. As the experiment went on, they ate more borax. So they're, remember, they're increasing the amount of borax they take each month. And now we're going on a year. So they started getting headaches, stomach aches, other digestive pain, hey, diarrhea. you know what? I think our work is done. We <laughs> should got, not be putting this in food. Nausea, loss of appetite, flu-like symptoms. Yes, yes it's poison. Haley's boss, the Secretary of Agriculture, James Wilson, wanted to expand po- the poison program to babies and the quote weak and sickly. Oh, okay. oh god damn it! I just hey uh, <clears throat> Harvey, can I talk to you for a sec? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've been uh, looking at the uh, reports are coming in, Pretty and uh, yeah, I mean there's some good stuff there's here. These guys stuff. really have terrible diarrhea. But yeah, what I'm thinking them. is uh, we should get some babies uh, up in there and really give babies poison. You know what I mean? Are you let's. Did dip some babies in some formaldehyde, did, some borax. All right. Are you pulling my leg? Did Ted put you No, this? no. And then, I've been talking about this for about two weeks. You have? Yes. I think absolutely the next target is let's see what poisoning babies does. Okay. And then I also got a cousin. Kid can't move. He's like a, he's, he's just a, he's like, he, he doesn't do anything anymore. He's just a, you know he's a saying? non-moving guy. Yeah. Bo- we put we'll borax in there. We just throw it in there. Put put it, put it in yeah, that guy. In Why wouldn't we? Yeah, get him in the borax. We're, exper- we're experimenting, right? Yes. So what about will... what about people and and young things that can't say no? Yes, I think that's right. Yep, yeah. I think that's right. I think that's exactly who we're looking for. Uh, let's get started on this baby thing ASAP. I'm already <laughs> thinking we can do a whole fun little tie-in where. Uh, they think it's baby powder, yeah. but it's actually, you know, anthrax or yeah. something of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. great I, love great. I love this. I love this. this. I love this. Oh, my God. I love killing I love babies. I love this. Okay, but here's the thing. Harvey did not think it would be helpful. Okay. 
But it doesn't sound like he thought it was a horrific idea. He just didn't think it would be helpful. He wasn't opposed on moral terms. Well, Quote, the thing is, you're saying they're, they're writing articles about how it makes your complexion pink. They, they're talking about putting... <laughs> Quote... Just, I mean, they aren't just talking about killing babies, is what they're talking about. Quote, would make the test more complete, of course. And while all experimental work is troublesome, experiments with babies and persons in bad health would not be more so. As for obtaining the subjects, that wouldn't be hard. We could get the babies from infant asylums and foundling hospitals, and there are plenty just, of invalids. pass, pass, pass. We don't need your qualifiers. I'm saying... My objection is not. I mean, I think there's a ton of babies out there. You can just get it. You can grab a baby. They're hanging off trees. They're easy um, to get. And there's a lot of invalids, especially after Truth the war. Told, I have a bunch of them, but I'm using them for something different. Yeah, but I just think like, why? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I just think it'd be kind of fun to change it up. I know. Yeah, it'd be fun. So that's what I'm thinking of. I mean, look, we've done dogs. We've done people. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of trying to think what we. You know, I would, I would say let's do women, but they are just. Oh my God! Savages. What's the point? Savages. Just savages. I mean, what is the point of that? God, the way they tried it. <laughs> okay. Like I, human and uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I need to. I need to shower. I'm, I'm, I got to shower. I'm gonna throw up, and I haven't even been having borax. <laughs> In another article, Brown wrote of a volunteer who quote showed up for breakfast with his head shaved as smooth as the White House tennis court. Hey. Crazy start. Was forced to rush back to the barber shop to, quote, procure the hair from which, hair which had been cut off in order that it might be weighed. But he couldn't tell his hair from the others on the barber's floor, which compromised Harvey's experiment. So he's having a good time. Yeah. So Brown is, Brown is mixing the truth with just now uh, fucking nonsense. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> but people fucking love it. Yeah, but it's so not helpful. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like the same shit we deal with now. It's yeah. just like. Yeah, it's fake news. But help be helpful. As they call it in the business. Yeah. I mean, this guy's inventing clickbait. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brown also said Lent led to problems. Well, we've all known that. Because some of the volunteers refused to eat poisoned meat. He said Harvey gave. My guess is a lot of them just took up Lent. Yeah. Oh no, I'm. That's I'm. Yeah, I'm Catholic, so I can't. I'm uh, Boron not. Uh, He said Harvey gave a stirring speech about science and how they could put their religion aside, but it didn't work. They ate poisoned vegetables instead. That just made the non-religious volunteers upset who wanted meat. Um, So the second phase of the experiment began in 1903. Salicylic acid, saltpeter, copper sulfate, and formaldehyde. At this time, formaldehyde was used in milk to keep it... Oh. (laughs) Oh. I mean, milk's gross already. I know. (laughs) Copper, copper sulfate is now used as a pesticide. Then it was for the green peas I had mentioned earlier. Oh, my God. Since the news blackout was just causing news stories become, to become more ridiculous, Harvey relaxed the media blackout. Even George Brown was back in. An unnamed historian, quote, as one historian put it, since reports from the experimental table factor fiction seemed certain to continue, the chief chemist took reporters into his confidence, giving them facts ready for release and trusting them not to reveal prematurely other things he told them. Okay. So now they're working with the press. Right. Because it didn't work the other way, obviously. Right. obviously. Um, so there's also another reason, though. The government, at the same time, was working to suppress... Harvey's reports about how harmful the additives were because they're working with the corporations. Here it is. And he needs the press now. This is 1903. Yeah, nothing's changed. 
But Harvey was soon being called Old Borax by reporters. <laughs> That's like being called a bed bug. <laughs> <laughs> and Brown seemed to be having too much fun to change course. And Harvey wasn't helping his case. By, in September 1903, Brown quoted Harvey a lot about a theory he now believed in. Quote, the human race is becoming hairless. And toothless as the result... This is, this is Brown to Harvey? <laughs> no, this is Harvey's... This is Harvey to Brown. This is Harvey's theory. This is Harvey's theory, okay. The human race is becoming hairless and toothless as... <laughs> wow. I mean, when people start out with that... They'll be sperm again. <laughs> These will be sperm again. That's my theory. We're going all the way back. Quote, the human race is becoming hairless and toothless as the result of increased intellect intellectuality and the preference oh sorry and the prevalence of ready chewed health foods <laughs> i mean okay walk so, me through the hair part okay then. so people are people are getting too smart and they're eating foods that's too ready to be chewed yes they're eating they're and be, so they're food. so they're losing their teeth cuz they don't need them sure right of and then not. And then I guess being smart makes your hair fall out. There's that one. That's It's weird that there's one that is so much worse than the other. They're both <laughs> horrible. Wiley declares the day is rapidly approaching when hair and teeth will become as extinct as the dodo bird. That's right. So these are Wiley's own words. Quote, the loss of tail, hair, teeth are all steps toward human perfection. Man's brain is growing and takes a nutriment from the hair, which falls out and consequently is growing less abundant year by year. Now you take a woman. Woman still has long hair, but that's because woman is Here still a savage. Here we go. Notice how fond she is of gaudy colors. Her brain hasn't the capacity of oh, a man's. Fuck off. <laughs> Oh, my God. I mean, when you are now just taking long hair and using that, you, you, you fully jumped a shark on your well, it's misogynism. Just, it's just the, uh, like, you're just 100%. No, it's insane. Like, I, I mean, I guess people are still 100% on shit today, but it's just like at this time to just be like, obviously we will be losing our teeth and our hair and women will not be. They like colors. So, uh, <laughs> and I'm 100%. Uh, now, I don't know why, but Chef Perry, I know he left to work in the military, but I don't know why she, he was replaced by a female cook. Okay. He must have been forced on her or something. I mean, she must have been she, forced on him, okay. uh, but, but whatever. So Brown brought up the female theory in another article, and Dr. Wiley, quote, What does a woman know about cooking? Women can potter about a domestic hearth, but when it comes to frying eggs in a scientific mode and putting formaldehyde in the soup, never! Question in the back from, uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, Gareth from, yeah. Hello. Uh, the fuck was just said? Oh, God. Uh, so, sorry, so what are you, uh, you're saying the women are not good cooks? They don't know how to put formaldehyde in soup. That's where I was headed. Uh, now, Or that... copper sulfate in yogurt? Sure. Dumb! Sure, 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 sure. I think you've answered the question okay. pretty much. Yeah, it's just... Um, I'm a man. Yeah, no, that's coming across. His poison squad experiments continued all together for about five years. Wow. And finally, in 1906, they ended and they paid off. Congress passed the Meat Inspection Act and Pure Food and Drug Act, which were originally known as the Wiley Act. Obviously, the writing of people like Upton Sinclair was a big part of that, and other organizations did their part. The General Federation of Women's Clubs, the National Consumers League, the Patrons of Husbandry, Labor Unions, 
American Medical Association, on on President Theodore Roosevelt. So everyone's pushing for it. But he did, because of experiments, sure. his experiments showing giving people poison sure. then, that, that then made the people sick. Sure. That is what... Okay, how about this? Yeah, go ahead. He broke... Bunch of people. 200 eggs. Yeah. And made a four-egg omelet. That's right. That's right. Okay. And we're all better off for it. And we probably <laughs> are, even though now we've completely ignored it. Harvey Wiley did his part in all this, as did the guys who were uh, tortured. Yes, they did a lot. In 1907, amazing misogynist Harvey Wiley was hired as a tester by Good Housekeeping Magazine, America's prominent women's magazine. Okay, he's a tester? Yeah, so the magazine had... This is what I hate. Testers. Well, I just like, hate, so the they... way, I hate the uh, ability to have a likability campaign after you've clearly been like. Yeah, he goes into he goes into the private uh, private yeah, industry, private makes sector, it, yeah, makes good they, money, yeah. and does the same thing. That's just what we Waging do. campaign still. So uh, he kept at it. He went after the Coca Cola Company in 1911 for using the name Coca Cola when it contained no actual cocaine. Interesting hill to die on. Uh, and he said it was illegal for Coke to have cocaine as an additive. Uh, sorry, to have caffeine as an additive. But it, to be clear, cocaine he's cool with? He, he thinks because of the name, there should be cocaine. There and should it be should cocaine. not have caffeine is a drug. Get it out of there. <laughs> it could ruin your life. Uh, Cases against Coca-Cola was a land, landmark case in developing standards for truth and labeling. He worked at Good Housekeeping for 18 years. Wow. He married Anna Kelton, who was a suffragette. Wow. I just... It's I just that's the, the, to me that is the most confounding sentence like, in the whole fucking she story. Was probably just like if I can get this he, asshole, I mean, I can get anyone. He <laughs> like I could called change anyone's women yeah. savages repeatedly, and said and she's a sufferer. I just yeah, no, it is uh, love is strong. Love is confusing. Uh, they had two sons and were still married on June thirtieth, nineteen thirty, when Harvey Wiley died at his home in Washington D.C. Now, all over the internet, there's stories about Harvey Wiley and his poison squad. Mostly, mostly fun writing today, right? But this, like, it's all, it's all, it's all written about how crazy and wacky it is. But it's a fucking gross human experiment. Yeah. In his autobiography, Harvey wrote, he quote allowed no experiment to be carried to the point of danger to the border's health. But he once told George Brown, quote, at times the dose has been as large as the men could stand. So he's, there's a lot of contradicting statements. Well, and the truth is, too, if it's George Brown reporting it, you're also like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he never met him. <laughs> anyway, that's how we learned to ban a bunch of preservatives. The whole experiment seemed to have been predicated on these men endangering their personal health for the good of public health. Uh, were not for the stomach pains, the horrible discomfort. Uh, they're... And their constant headaches. Um, he would have never come to the conclusion that stated in his 1904 final report that both boric acid and borax created disturbances of appetite, indigestion, and of health, uh, and should be banned as food preservatives. Um, could have probably done it in. I mean, if I want to come in and underbid him, I can do this job in two weeks. Yeah, I mean. So the main source of this uh, episode is Pure Food, the press, and the Poison Squad evaluating the coverage of Harvey Wiley's hygienic table by Kevin Murphy, Columbia University. Um, and then, then there's a ton of stories, and they all seem to be based on a book that I did not read, 
But the Poison Squad, one of chemist's single-minded crusades for the food safety at the turn of the 20th century by Deborah Blum, who uh, whose writing I've actually read a lot. I like her as a writer. But a lot of the other... So I'll, I'll list the other st- sources, but they all come from her. Okay. Except for the the first one I read, which which was, I think, predates her. It's weird because you have to... But I'll list them on the, on the website. You have to, like... Like what's in your food is is very important, but we live in a, such a weird time where it's like, like people people know that like their food is poisoned with yeah. stuff. And yeah, we, we know. Almost just don't care too much, you know. Like yeah. I think that's when you always try to link like, you know, people are like, where you know, where do diseases come from and stuff? Like a lot of it is from the fact that like yeah, our our food is poisoned, it, and, food is poisoned but also our and our our. Uh, our environment. Yes, we're not taking care of our environment. No, that's well. I mean, you know, the truth is that'll lead to. Uh, that's actually probably when we become hairless and toothless. Uh, <laughs> it's right around that phase. He might not be wrong. I think that's when we're probably like, you know, what we don't need our teeth and hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not we, great. Uh, I'll tell you what, we become our plastic eating sperm. I mean, that's the that's the that's plan. The that's, that's the we'll hope. Turn this around. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, well, we did it. We sure did. I'm hungry for some cured poison. <laughs> oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 